Would you like to exchange best practices and ideas to improve care, enhance operational efficiency, and address financial challenges with your peers? Becker's Healthcare is facilitating these conversations at their 8th Annual Health IT, Digital Health, and RCM meeting. You can check your eligibility for complimentary attendance at the link in the description. We are excited to welcome you in October. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Michelle Stansbury, Vice President of Innovation and IT Applications at Houston Methodist. Michelle, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Oh, thank you very much, Laura. I always appreciate um, our discussions. Fantastic. And I know you have such a unique innovation structure there at Houston Methodist and way that you work with the broader executive team. And so it's always fascinating to hear from you and everything that you're doing. But before we dive in, and especially for those who may not have heard our uh, previous interviews, um, could you tell us just a little bit about yourself as well as Houston Methodist? Sure. Well, um, again, this is Michelle Stansbury. I've been at Houston Methodist for 30 years now. Houston Methodist is a large health system within the Houston, Texas market. Um, We've got eight hospitals, a research institute, physician organization. We um, do global business as well. So very large um, system within this market. Um, I, as my, as you kind of mentioned in my title, I do hold dual roles within the organization. One is the traditional kind of IT structure over IT applications, and the other is within our center for innovation. And it's for those, you know, why do we do this? Um, IT and operations partners hand in hand on everything that we do. So when we created our center for innovation. Everyone within um, that participates within that role has dual roles in the organization. And it has served us very well by one, we all know where our problems are at. Um, Two, when we find solutions that work good for Houston Methodist and we pilot them and they do pilot very well, then we're quickly able to turn around and put our alternate hats on from IT and operations to be able to roll it out to the organization very quickly. So, I know it's unique. We haven't found too many other organizations who um, have this type of structure, but it has worked very well for us. That's amazing to hear. And, you know, definitely something that um, has has really brought you into a space where you're leading innovation and um, doing some great things operationally as well as with patient care. So, you know, with that, I, I want to dive right in. What are some of the opportunities that you see right now to really improve patient care, improve operations at Houston Methodist, as well as the headwinds that you have your eye on? Yeah, well, I I mean, I think there's several things. And, you know, ultimately, our goal is to increase patient satisfaction by making the whole process to receive care and services by us as easy as possible. And everyone says that. That's ultimately, I think, everyone's goal. But I think you have to decide how can you make that based upon what people are wanting at the moment. And the other thing that I think that we're looking at is how can we increase efficiencies in our operations for our clinicians and our physicians and everything from down to revenue cycle to, you know, the front end process, because staffing is such a challenge right now. And it's unfortunate. I think everyone had hoped when COVID was over that everything would go back to normal. And unfortunately, it hasn't. Um, There has been the great exodus out of healthcare. Um, We've even seen it here, of course, at Houston Methodist. And I think the reality it is, it's never going to be back the way it was before. So how do you set that new normal? And so with us, it's the, the reality of being able to run out and hire a bunch of nurses, or I don't even say IT staff, it's not a reality anymore. 
And so you have to kind of look at what are those things, digital tools, and we'll put it that way, that potentially you can utilize to help to create those efficiencies. And I'm going to tell you, there's, there's a lot of them that are out there these days that we've been keeping our eye on and some that we're even piloting right now, such as ambient intelligence um, with camera technology, using wearables that have biometric data, um, and even virtual nursing. Um, you know, we started a pilot not too long ago, because um, again, with the shortages of nursing. And um, I know our chief innovation officer, who is also the CEO of our largest hospital, I mean, it, the staff were always like, when are we going to get more nurses? When are we going to get more nurses? And, and the reality it was, you know, she finally came to the fact, we're not going to get them. They're just not out there. So what could we do? And we already had a virtual um, command center set up for our virtual ICU and some other things that we have been doing. And we already had iPads all in the room. So we started out just seeing, could we do it on a couple of units with, with virtual nursing for admits and discharges? And it was so successful that we had to roll it out as quickly as we could across our organization. Nurses love it, patients love it. HCAPS data went up um, high because patients felt like they were getting very dedicated attention with nurses instead of them being interrupted all the time to have to go and do other tasks and then come back. So it, it's been you know, a great technology for us. And I would just say, everyone, keep your eye on what you can do with ambient intelligence. Um, we're utilizing it in our ORs, um, looking at camera technology that's videotaping and looking at where, you know, you have potential opportunities to increase efficiency from either setting up the OR, time in the OR, or either cleaning it up. And also just on the, on the wearables, on biometric data. Um, you know, it's amazing the technology that we have seen that is capturing um, all types of data, but one in very particular um, is vital signs. So stop and think about, you know, your clinicians that are having to go and take Q4 vitals. Um, one, it takes a lot of time to get that um, as, you know, individuals are going around getting vitals information. And two, patients hate to be woken up in the middle of the night. So, you know, we're looking at this device. It, um, it's a stick-on device, very small, like the size of a half dollar, um, that can capture this data and have it um, go completely into the EMR. But the good news is about these devices I'm talking about, there's many, many, many more use cases um, that you can utilize them for. So I would say, you know, that, and of course, I'm always a big fan of voice. I keep talking about voice all the time. Um, I, it's one of the things that I am still keeping my eye on and very hopeful that eventually we're going to be able to use it in the clinical setting, just like we do within our own personal lives. Got it. I, I really think that uh, makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I just love the kind of story you told about everybody wondering, hey, when are we going to get additional nurses? When are we going to get additional staff and support and coming to the realization that that's just not the reality we're living in right now. And so we have the technology. I, I think that's something I've heard, um, you know, from a few different executives and leaders, especially at the um, Becker's annual meeting recently. So, yeah. you know, coming to that realization, I know it's hard. And from a technology standpoint, as you mentioned, we do have the technology and ability to uh, augment the teams that you have. Um, but from a culture standpoint, what does it take to make that adjustment? Is it, you know, uh, easy, or, or are there some that you know you have to kind of um, work a little bit harder to readjust that culture and, and expectations for what work's going to look like? I think it's both. I think some of it you will find that is a little bit easier than others. But you know, I heard. Um... 
our chief innovation officer tell me something the other day and we both agreed on it and you know it technology in itself is great but te technology alone won't help to change things you've got to do process redesigns you know on workflow on how this technology is being used because if you don't then it's just expensive technology. And that's not what everyone's out to gain with overall and looking at the tools that we are today. But I would say we've got a, a strong culture of innovation within our organization. And, you know, while sometimes the change is, because I'm gonna give the example back on the, the virtual nursing. When we very first started to try to do this pilot, the nurses were a little anxious about it because the reality is they didn't quite understand what we were trying to accomplish. And what we were really trying to do was help them. And that's why I said, um, after, I mean, the very first day we were trying to roll it out, it was, no, 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 we don't think this is going to work. All it took was one day of them seeing how it could be used and the time that it freed them up to be able to do the other um, necessary duties for our patients. It, it was, that's why I said it was a huge win, both sides. Nursing absolutely loved it, and the patients absolutely loved it. But I think what you have to do, this gets back down to, you know, it's the old ad car knowledge, if everyone remembers that. You know, what's in it for me? What's the change? What you're trying to accomplish over here? And, I, you know, we do a really good job with, as I said, kind of partnering operations and IT together. So the operational leaders are really good about getting out and speaking with staff and whomever they need to, to really talk through about what we're trying to change and transform in our hospital and our system, not only to help our patients, but also help our clinicians. And that's what I think you have to do is really, you know, not just throw it in there and expect everybody to use it, but really talk about why we're trying to do this. What are we trying to accomplish? How are we trying to transform ourselves? Because if you're not trying to do that, you will eventually have somebody else out there that is coming in to, you know, do those things for you and potentially take away that business from you. That's a really great point. And definitely, you know, something that as a health system, you want to make sure you are ahead of and understand, you know, where um, some of those disruptions are coming in, coming from and what that could mean for the future. Now, when you think mm -hmm. about growth and development, um, especially also considering those outside forces, how do you, as the leader of an innovation team and IT applications, really see, um, you know, your teams adding value to the organization overall? So, well, um, I would say, you know, we believe and we look at overall of everything that we do and that it has to have an overall return to the organization. And we take that very seriously and monitor it and share it with, you know, our senior leaders across the organization as well as our board. But, you know, as far as thinking about growth and adding value, I mean, the reality is of many organizations who think about growth in their market. I mean, Houston is growing to some extent, but the reality of it is there's only a certain amount of patients, right, that can be shared around. And there are a lot of healthcare institutions within the Houston market. And so, you know, how I think what we're trying to do is how are we differentiating ourselves that, you know, our our our, our motto is is to provide the best quality safety service and innovation to our patients. And the patients are at the heart of everything that we do. So if you stop and think about that, then how are we setting our services up to be for our patients to get our services in the most convenient way for them? Whether that be through their phone, whether it be through the web, some still like to call, um, but you've got to make sure that 
you are offering it in a way that they want. And I will tell you, we're, you know, looking at text-based care. I know that there's, you know, a couple of organizations out there that are doing that right now. And it, you know, people, their lives are very busy these days and they don't have time to maybe come in for appointments. So what's text-based, what's virtual care, you know, what's inpatient visits or your clinic visits, however else that you can make your services more convenient to the patient and how they want to get it. I think that's where you will see the potential growth and the, the way that people will want to come back. And then the other thing is when they're in the hospital, how are you providing the best quality care that you can for them? Because ultimately, that's what people are looking for. I mean, you know, the reality of it is, is everything can be easy, but if it's not great quality, then people won't come back either. And that's such an amazing point and something certainly to keep in mind, no matter what, you know, other uh, things are going on or what else is on your mind, just like you said, having that quality and patient care front and center, um, you know, really mm-hmm. can be a great North Star. And, you know, thinking through, as we've talked a little bit about already, some of the challenges in healthcare, whether it's the staffing shortages, I know many organizations are experiencing tighter margins than they have ever before. And so, you know, healthcare resources are precious, but you know, you don't want to stop growing or stop innovating either. So when you think about a, a risk or investment that's worth making in the next year, given all the challenges, where do you really see um, health systems and Houston Methodist in particular, you know, landing and benefiting from additional uh, investment? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, it's an interesting question. And, you know, I would tell you, we, ambient intelligence to me is probably the, the greatest opportunity that we have out there. And, we're working with a new vendor right now, and um, we are working through the issues that are coming up um, with the products that they have. And, and I believe that we will work through those, but I think you know, ultimately when we get it working and in the other use cases that we're looking for it, I think it's going to be something really dynamic and really useful for us. Um, I just think the possibilities are endless. And, you know, I think if you find the right vendor that you want to partner with, like we believe that we have, I think there's other things that, you know, will come out of that partnership. I mean, I'll just, you know, some examples of, you know, we're building our smart hospital, that um, our latest hospital that's going to open up in 2025. So, you know, we've made a lot of bets um, on things where technology will be in 2025, but you got to start planning for those now. And some of those we're already, you know, piloting today. But the the opportunities, I think, if when you find the right vendor, um, will be endless for you. And and I, you know, I'm I'm not, you know, giving a whole lot of detail on that because the, the issue is, is I think people need to find what problems they're trying to solve in their institutions. And sometimes it's the same things, and sometimes it's quite it's a little bit different. But I will tell there's there's two things. How long ago have we been hearing about AI? Quite a while. I think we were all wondering where was that technology going to go. I think it's it's now showing tremendous value in certain use cases, um, and we're seeing it by utilizing the data um, not only from our own institution but kind of external data data as well um, to help us with readmissions and length of stay. So you know that to me has so many possibilities of the how you can utilize data for you know artificial intelligence and the other and like I said in this ambient intelligence space um, and then the the other piece and I told you where we're doing virtual nurse we started off with iPads we're looking at putting camera technology in all of our rooms with overall speakers and so if you begin to think about what you have with the overall camera technology 
it's not just overall with talking with patients, but it could be just even other use cases, like we're looking at fall risk, so fall prevention. So instead of having telesitters, you have now got camera technology that can overall watch the patient. It's not true kind of visual like you would think. It's kind of an outline of the bed, outline of the patient that would tell you when the patient is potentially getting up that can alert the patient to stay, but also alert someone else that they need to go to the room. So it's what I've just said. I think there's endless possibilities when you begin to look at it. Absolutely. That's amazing to hear. And especially when you talk about um, some of the artificial intelligence, I, I know that the technology is evolving so fast and, you know, what its potential is in healthcare. Um, it seems like there's just so many different new ideas in ways that it could be used. And I can imagine from your vantage point as somebody who's at the mix of um, innovation and technology as well as patient care, you know, is really exciting, but also just a little bit daunting to think about how fast it's moving. Well, it is. And like I said, the good thing about um, with with our operations in IT together, this is where we partner really, really closely with vendors. And, and while we don't invest in companies, we do invest our time. So we give, you know, um, our time and effort and, you know, the the knowledge that we have to help them further develop their products to help what we believe are, is important to Houston Methodist, but we believe that once we have it and it's working well for us, it will work very well for other healthcare organizations um, at the same time. So that's how it is that we invest overall in companies. It's with our time and our knowledge to be able to help them further develop their products. And it's, 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 it worked out very well for us in many, many examples. Um, we're now some of these companies that were fairly new when we found them. Um, it's working great for us, but now they have been able to expand their company and now and are in many other healthcare institutions. Absolutely. That's amazing to hear and, and definitely very gratifying, I'm sure, to see, you know, the, these companies that you really identified early on that were going to be great and end up, you know, panning out the way you thought they would. So um, mm -hmm. th that's amazing to hear. Now, no, well, I will say we, we, we've had our failures as well, Laura. So I don't <laughs> think everybody think, oh, Houston Methodist is perfect because it's yeah. uh, we but, you know, we're not afraid to try new things. That That is our motto. Um, um, hopefully they work, but sometimes they don't either. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good point and an important point, too, because I know in healthcare in particular, it can be a scary proposition to invest time and effort and energy and, and dollars, even to some degree, into a change and then, um, you know, not having it pan out the way you want or, or really seeing the value you thought you would. You know, it's definitely um, a challenge to think that way, but also, you know, I um, know on the flip side, when things do work out, it can be so powerful. Mm -hmm, exactly. And, you know, I think before we wrap up, I, I just wanted to ask you to take another look into, um, you know, the future and, and think through how healthcare is changing. And, you know, for you as an innovation leader, what does growth look like for you and your teams? Um, what do you really see as being a space where you're aiming to evolve and change over the next few years? Yeah, it's, it, well, it's if you stop and think about how quickly technology is changing, and I said this earlier, I mean, I, I remember way as being my 30 years here, you know, everyone used to have a five, 10 year plan. I don't know that you can do that with technology anymore because it's changing so quickly, but, you know, kind of overall in, in future growth, I will tell you the things that we're looking at is, you know, how can you provide services, not necessarily within the institution themselves. And I'm talking about even in the clinic, 
um, when, even within our hospitals. And so how can we utilize the technology that we're using today to help us move that into the home? And I, I think that's where you're going to start to see, uh, you know, a lot of services that were traditionally held within the clinic or in within the hospital that now be in transition to the home. But for us, we want to make sure that we're able to capture the data and provide the services you know, to these patients in the exact same quality way that we've done on our in in our physical buildings in a way that it can be done inside their home or wherever it may be as well. You know, I think that's going to be, you're going to see a tremendous growth. And I know that there's a lot of people who've been looking at hospital at homes, um, you know, or other service outside of the physical um, areas. Um, as again, we sort of took the other approach just because of staffing that we've had and, you know, utilizing it and learning from the technology while we have it in-house so that we can then begin to start utilizing it for individuals at home. I think that's going to be a big growth opportunity for many health systems. You know, and if you think about the outside forces that are trying to change healthcare, and they're, and they're trying to do it for all the right reasons, but I don't think that they truly understand healthcare like health systems do. Um, but that's what they're looking at they, because they feel like they can do things better. And, you know, we need to learn from some of those things and we need to challenge ourselves as to how we can think outside, you know, our normal um, ideas of how we take care of patients because patients don't always want to come into our facilities. So how can we do those things outside of our facilities? And the other is, I think of just overall with our clinicians, as I've said before, how can we make their jobs easier? Um, to me, I think that's going to be a big growth opportunity. I've talked about voice. There are voice vendors who are out there who are helping physicians today. But, you know, nurses, um, you don't see much. And I think that is a great opportunity, you know, for growth to be able to help. Our nurses are just as burdened by the EMR as our physicians are. And so how can you take some of that burden off of them by having letting them utilize voice as much as our physicians do? That's a really great point and some very, very important aspects of where technology is headed and how it can really augment the care team. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun discussion and I'm excited as well to have you at our Health IT, Digital Health and Revenue Cycle event in October. I know, you know you're always a great presence on the panel and share um, amazing expertise from Houston Methodist. So thank you so much. Well, I look forward to it and thank you for having me today.